Did you know that there are about 500 verses in the Bible on the subject of prayer? And, and I promise you, prayer is huge. We believe in prayer here at Walloon, about 500 verses. There are approximately 500, a little less than 500 verses in the Bible on the subject of faith. And obviously, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But what's interesting is there are over 2,300, 2,300 verses in the Bible focused on money and possessions. And here's what I've discovered. Uh, If you want to talk about prayer uh, on Sunday morning, never had any pushback on that. If you want to talk about faith on Sunday mornings in the church, never had anybody object. But it's interesting, when you want to talk about money and possession, suddenly people say, why why are you talking about money? Why why are you talking about possessions? Uh, This is church. This is Sunday morning. And my answer is because the Bible talks about money and possessions a lot. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, 16 of the 38 parables that Jesus told involved money and possessions. Uh, About one in ten verses in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is related to the teaching of money and possessions. Uh, It's a huge part of God's book. And sadly, lots of preachers, and I've been one of those, we just said, you know what, I don't want the pushback, I don't want the grief, so let's just avoid the subject, we won't go there. I've concluded the Lord's made it clear that's wrong. Uh, Those 2,300 verses need to be talked about. Because after all, here's the truth, we're constantly thinking about money. Whether you want to or not, you're making decisions, you're paying bills, you're thinking about buying Thanksgiving meals right now. Some of you are thinking about next Friday, you're going to be shopping for Christmas. I promise you, that involves money, does it not? Uh, One of the chief causes, some say the number one cause of marital strife is arguing and disagreeing and not being on the same page when it comes to money in the marriage. So we're going to take three Sundays. We're going to take today and the next two Sundays to look at money and possessions from a wise, that's where the wisdom, from a wise Jesus-focused perspective. Mostly we're going to look at what Jesus has to say about the subject of money. So today, I'm just going to tell you flat out, today and next Sunday, I'm going to nudge you about becoming a bold giver to Jesus and His church and His kingdom. Okay, so I'm going to tell you flat out, that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to nudge you because on average, people in churches like ours give about 3% of our income to Jesus and His church. And you're thinking, well, that sounds pretty good. But if it wasn't for the very generous 10 15, 20% givers, just imagine then what the percentage would be. Do you understand what I'm saying? So again, I I think some of the bold, generous givers uh, make that even 3% sound better than it really is. So we're going to answer, I think, that question, why getting generous with Jesus is powerful 
and life-changing. I hope today, when we finish, you can say, I get it, I understand why, if I get generous with Jesus, that's crucial, that's essential, okay? Um, And then on the final Sunday, that's on December 8th, we're going to challenge many of you, because some of you, right now, the truth is, you live paycheck to paycheck. Some of us here right now, probably more than we'd like to admit, you're only a root canal, you're only a blown engine, you're, you're only a short stay in the hospital away from financial disaster. Some of you, if something fairly major came up, you, you, you would be cooked. Well, on December 8th, we're going to offer you a way out. So if you're one of those, many live paycheck to paycheck, We want to show you a proven path to get you out of financial bondage. Because I'm convinced living paycheck to paycheck is just that. That's living in bondage. And I'm excited because we can help you climb out of your financial hole. Our our desire is to get you to a place financially where you can live in freedom and victory. So that will be happening in two weeks again on December 8th. Uh, For right now, would you locate with me on your phone or in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we get strong, clear, blunt words from Jesus Christ about how we should view and how we should use money. Stand with me if you're able, please. Matthew chapter 6. We'll start with verse 19. We'll read down through verse 24. Let's do that out loud together. Would you join me? Here we go. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's pray. Lord, I just pause and I want to say thank you for 2,300 verses that you've given us in your inspired book to teach us, to train us, to show us how to deal with money and possessions. Because the truth is, Lord, uh, we live in a world where that is something we think about a lot. So would you help us to understand what it is you want us to know today from your word? And I first of all want to say thank you because we have many standing right now who've learned to be generous towards your son Jesus and his church and his kingdom. And and many of them standing right now have been doing that many, many years. And Lord, I pray that even as we dig into your book, Lord, might they 
know that your blessing and your applause and your congratulations are on their lives for being obedient. So I pray for that right now. And secondly, Lord, I want to pray for those who are here who perhaps don't understand what they should be doing with their money and their stuff. Maybe they just don't know, and Lord, I would pray one more step for those who know but aren't doing it. So would you speak loudly and clearly? And would you uh, show us, Lord, that we can trust your book more than we can trust our stuff? Would you increase our faith here this morning? We invite your Holy Spirit to rain down on us and your church as we dig into your inspired words. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice. You can be seated. The greatest danger for followers of Jesus 2019 living in our culture, U.S., Northern Michigan, richest, most prosperous nation on the planet, the greatest threat to you and I, to our faith, is being devoted to earthly treasure. I hope you know that. Our, our biggest threat, it's, it's not from some philosophy, it's not some other religion. Um, our biggest threat as followers of Jesus is having money and the stuff money can buy become our master. By far, that's the biggest threat to our living strong for Jesus. We are in a constant battle. I know I am. Every day there's stuff yelling at us and saying, you need this and you can't live without that and you got to get more and more and you got to get the latest and the greatest stuff because everybody else is and if you really want to be happy, if you want to really have a successful life, you got to have more and more stuff. Matter of fact, most Americans, and I wish it were just most unchurched Americans, but it's even true in the church. Most in the church believe the lie that life and fun and happiness is all wrapped up in the abundance of things. We're going to talk about that next Sunday. It's the lie, it's the big lie that most of us believe. You say, no, I don't believe that. But with our lives, how we live, how we treat our stuff and our money, we actually do believe it because that's how we live it. We believe that the one with the most toys wins. Uh, that's the license plate. Uh, I've actually seen that a few times. Some people are just bold enough to admit it, but most Americans, that's the philosophy. Because they want more and more toys, got to have the latest, got to have the greatest. And Jesus in the passage we just stood up and read says there's a danger and the danger is we've got this pull, all of us have it, we still have an old sinful nature and it's the pull of materialism. Verse 19, here's what he says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, 
uh, and where thieves break in and steal. Jesus tells us first, first, verse 19, treasure is temporary. Treasure does not last. The, the treasure of earth is only here for a little while, and you can't take it with you. And we can't take it after we breathe our last breath. None of us will take anything with us. All treasure that we have, every possession we have, is temporary. You can't take it with you. Say it with me. You can't take it with you. Tell your neighbor, you can't take it with you. Tell him back, and neither can you. And you can't take it with you either. I'm telling you, you got to get that in your head. Instead, Jesus says, I've got a better plan. I've got wise advice. You can't take it with you. You've got to leave it all behind. So followers of Jesus, here's the wise thing from the lips of Jesus. Verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin, rats, mice, moths, do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus is talking about our treasure. Now let's just flesh that out a bit, okay? That's our money, that's our stuff, that's our possessions, that's our retirement accounts, that's our investments. And he's saying bluntly here, the best investment for followers of Jesus is to invest in Jesus Christ and his church and his kingdom. Shall I say that again? Followers of Jesus, advice from Jesus, invest in Jesus Christ, his church, his kingdom, new heaven, new earth. That's the place everything lasts. That, that's where your investments will make a difference for all of eternity. Because, verse 19, we're leaving behind all of our cars, our houses, our boats. We're leaving behind our IRAs, our stocks, our bonds. But when you bank in the bank of Jesus Christ, okay, I hope that's your bank uh, of first choice. When we bank in the bank of King Jesus, deposits made regularly, generously to King Jesus pays interest and dividends today, so let's not minimize that. When you give to Jesus, there are benefits for today, and oh, by the way, and they will last for all of eternity. Does that make sense? So when you give to the bank of Jesus, he blesses you today, and that blessing continues for all eternity, new heaven and new earth. And here's something you need to understand. The only way to break the grip of materialism, and what's that? It means I want more, and, and I want more, and, and I got to have more, and I got to have this. And, and the newest uh, iPhone's coming out soon, and, and, and I have to have the latest gizmo. The only way to break the grip of materialism, getting the latest, the greatest, the new, got to have more, the only cure for that disease, give me your eyes, is to give sacrificially and generously to Jesus Christ and his kingdom and his church. That's the only way to break the grip. And some of you are thinking, why? Why is that the way to break the grip of the pull 
of the danger of materialism. And, and I'm really glad you asked that question and Jesus gives the answer, verse 21. Here's why. Here's why. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want you to say that with me. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, here's the problem. That's an amazing verse, but you've heard it so often, I think it's lost its effect. That's one of those verses, oh yeah, I, I hear that all the time. Where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. Um, so I want to say it a couple different ways. Maybe it'll... it'll uh, kick in right now. Here's the blunt truth. Our hearts follow our money. Our hearts follow our money. Or I said this a few years ago, where your money goes, your heart flows. Where your money goes, your heart flows. Now Jesus is saying something really profound here, and I want to use some words from a guy named Ryan Thomas. He's the author of a book, You of Little Faith. Do we have that? Yeah, there we go. You want to get punched in the gut and woken up and your toes stepped all over, I double-dog dare you to order up that book. <laughs> and I just want you to know, wow, is he strong, and he's been beating me up as I've read this book. Um, do I agree with everything? No, the only book I agree with everything is God's Word. Uh, but it's good stuff, and it will challenge you. Okay, there you go, enough of uh, the commercial for Ryan Thomas's book. Anyway, here's what Jesus says. How we use our money determines what we care about. Now, now just pause for a minute. How we use our money determines what we care about. In other words, uh, our money is the lever that directs our hearts. Think about that with me for a moment, okay? So our money and how we use our money, that determines where our hearts and our heart direction is going. Jesus is not saying here what you care about determines how you use your money. That's how you first look at, well, what I care about, that's how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be spending my cash. No, what he's saying is our hearts, our passions, our focus follow wherever we direct our money. And wherever you're spending your money, that's where your heart, your focus, your passion goes. Which means we don't wait till we become generous and then give. Instead, we give, which makes us more generous. You listening? You listening here? You, if you're waiting till you feel more generous and then you'll give, you'll never be generous. It's the act of faith. You're going to take this step, and I'm going to give, and that act of giving and doing it God's way is what brings generosity into our hearts. We don't develop more faith and then give. We give, and that then helps us grow our faith. Does that make sense? In other words, we don't grow close to Jesus, and I'm going to get real close to Jesus, and then I'm going to start giving. No, no, we, we give, and that act of trusting and doing it God's way actually draws us close and makes us closer to Jesus. It's doing it God's way, taking the step of faith, and when I take that step of faith, that builds my faith and draws me close to Christ. Why is that? 
Why is it that you take that and you, you act out and do God's word? Uh, go back and it says, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Because until Jesus has our money, he'll never have our heart. Unless we're willing to give Jesus our money, we're really holding back a good section of our heart. We're, we're saying, no, no, I, I, I can't trust you with that, and therefore he'll never have your heart. And one thing that Jesus wants more than anything else, Jesus wants our hearts. That's what he cares. He's, his passion is that he has our hearts. And he won't have our hearts until he has our money. Do you understand? This is strong. I get it. It's blunt. Um, but I'm just telling you, and the way we give Jesus our hearts, the way we break the chains of materialism on our lives is to begin to regularly, sacrificially, generously give to Jesus and his church and his kingdom. I, I'm just telling you, that's the way the Lord built us. That's the way that he's wired us. He created us in our inmost uh, being in our mother's wombs, and therefore he knows how we're wired. He, he's, he's got the owner's manual here, and he's telling you that's how you break materialism's grip on your life. Now, he illustrates this truth with a really short parable. Verse 22, here we go. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Verse 23. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. Okay? So the context here is money. The context here is how you view money. And he uses eyes as that illustration. He says good eyes are full of light. Good eyes are clear and focused. Bad eyes are damaged. Bad eyes don't in, allow in light. So here, here's what he's saying. A life that's been flooded with God's word, a life that's been flooded with Jesus and his spirit is a life that's focused on storing dividends for eternity. You're tracking? So, so in, in other words, th this is a life where I realize that good biblical eyes see it God's way and I'm going to be generous towards King Jesus with my treasure. That's what a good eye, because I've allowed the light of God's word in. But if my eyes are bad, then I'm not seeing well. And I'm not allowing God's word to affect my life. And I'm, not, and I'm using my stuff to spend more, acquire more, i got to have the next and the latest and the greatest. He says that kind of life is dark and sad and stingy and miserable. Why? Because my heart belongs to my stuff. My heart is devoted to my money, not to King Jesus. That, that's a dark life. That's a life that hasn't allowed the light in. Final verse in this section, uh, I think perhaps this is the most challenging verse in, in all of this passage, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, 
I think this is interesting. Jesus is talking about money as a person, like, like it's a, a deity. Jesus is talking as though money is, is actually a person, not a thing. King James Version, he uses the word mammon. Mammon is uh, the pagan god of wealth. Pagan god of wealth. So Jesus is not talking about God versus things. Jesus is talking about God of the Bible versus the God named Mammon. Does that make sense? So, so he's saying you've got these two gods. You've got God the Father, Son, Spirit, and then you have Mammon, and there's competition for our hearts between serving King Jesus or serving Mammon. And now there's this competition and there's this pull. Who are you going to serve? You're going to serve Jesus Christ as master and king, or are you going to serve money and stuff and possessions? It's a choice. And when I think about that, what about, uh, uh, put me in for 80% for Jesus and 20% for my stuff. Agree? So, you put me, write me down, or maybe, you know, maybe you're doing better than me. Write me down for 90% Jesus and 10% my stuff. But, but I want you to notice, go back, uh, it says real clear, verse 24, sorry, it's all or nothing. <laughs> there's no 80-20, there's no 90-10, there's no 50-50. Both Jesus and mammon are demanding. Do you understand? Jesus says, no, no, I want all of you full, total surrender. And Mammon says, you know what? I want all of you. I want full and total surrender. So the stiffest competition for our hearts, for our devotion, for our surrender of our lives, guess what it is? It's money. It's our stuff. And it's never been more true than it is for us today. Richest nation on the planet, by far, all the shiny toys I got to have, mammon is just yelling at us. You got to have it. And Jesus is saying, no, no, strong and blunt. At any given time, you and I either have Jesus, ruler, king, Lord, surrendered all, and, and, and I know that I've surrendered all to Jesus. Look at it, verse 21, because I've given my treasure to King Jesus. And if I give my treasure, he's got my heart. How do I know that? How do I know that I've surrendered fully? Because, because it, it belongs, I've surrendered. Or I know that I've not surrendered because I've allowed the weeds of materialism to grow in the garden of Jeff's life. And I'm not surrendering my treasure to Jesus and his kingdom. And that very clearly shows where my heart is devoted right now. So, we give to King Jesus generously, regularly. We drive a stake in mammon's heart. Does that make sense? You, you want to kill materialism? What's, what's the cure? You've got to drive the stake by giving generously and regularly to King Jesus, because, because when, when you do that, then he's got your heart as well. So where do you start? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly a little bit here, go. Where, where do we start? Well, the Bible says over and over again in the Old Testament, give me the first 10% and I'll bless you. 
Give me the first 10%. I could take you to Malachi 3 right now. We're not going to get there. But he says, test me on this. Test me. See if I can't do more with your 90% than you and mammon can do with 100% doing it your way. I double-dog dare you, the Lord says, Malachi 3. And some of you right now, I can see it, got a little bubble over your head right now, is that's Old Testament, Pastor Jeff. I'm a New Testament guy. I'm a New Testament gal. I'm not under the law. Okay? So if you're thinking that, here we go. You ready? Uh, let's just, you, you're hopefully opened in, in your, on your phone or in your Bible. Uh, or in the Sermon on the Mount. Here's what you need to know. The New Testament standard's always higher. Want to be New Testament? I'm great, good with that. Let me show you. Matthew 5.21, no murder. Matthew 5.22, New Testament raises the standard, no unresolved anger. Uh, Old Testament, Matthew 5.27, no adultery. Uh, are you ready? Matthew 5.28, New Testament, no lust in your heart. Raises the standard. Matthew 5.38, revenge is allowed. Uh, Matthew 5.39, no revenge, go the extra mile, forgive your enemy. Old Testament, Matthew 5.43, love your neighbors, hate your enemies. Matthew 5.44, love and pray and do good for those who do you wrong. <laughs> What's my point? Everywhere you go to the New Testament, the standard is raised. So, for those of you who are here and you're saying, you know what, I, I don't like the idea of a tithe, that's law stuff. That's great. Be a New Testament giver, raise the standard, start at 11%, and then give that treasure to King Jesus. So, so I think that's the truth. Old Testament is clear. It's, it's tied, literally means one-tenth. Raise the standard. New Testament, start at 11. Your choice. You can go old or new, but that's where we begin. And here's the truth. Please hear this strong. Jesus is not broke. Jesus does not need your money, okay? He is the creator of the cosmos. He owns and controls everything. Jesus isn't after your money. He's after your heart. Do you understand? That's the point here. But until he has our money, he doesn't have our hearts. That's, that's what you need to understand. If he doesn't have our money, then he doesn't have our hearts. How do you know that? Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart follows your money. Where your treasure goes, your heart flows. Does Jesus have your heart? Then he has your money. Because if he doesn't have your money, here's, here's the blunt truth. He doesn't really have all your heart. Let's pray. Lord, I understand these uh, are hard words to hear. They're hard for me to say. But Lord, it's strong and clear and blunt, and you want us to know how to do it your way. So we quiet our hearts right now. Would you show us where each of us, show us individually where we're at in this battle between your son, Jesus Christ, and money and stuff. Make yourself clear. We're listening.
Is there clear evidence that Jesus is the master? That Jesus has your heart? Because the treasure that he brings your way, you're regularly giving to him what he deserves? Is that the case? Praise the Lord. Rejoice that he's worked and got you to that point of faith. Or it could be you're here today and the truth is, I'm not sure that he has my heart because I'm not ready to give him my treasure. Jesus, you talking to me this morning? Speak. Materialism, chasing after stuff, holding on to 100% of our stuff is the greatest danger, the greatest threat to followers of Jesus Christ. greatest threat to me. Here's my question as we close. Would you dare step out and trust that Jesus can take uh, your 90% or 89 if you give him regularly where you start? Are you willing to give that a test run? Are you willing to say, Lord, I recognize that if you truly are to have my heart, that means you you got to have my money too. Thank you, Jesus, for clear, blunt truth that hits us in our wallets, that hits us right between the eyes in a powerful way. I pray, Lord, that we'll choose to do it your way. Help us to step out and and. and Literally, do it according to your book and watch you work. It's in the awesome name of Jesus we pray. Amen.